Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 575. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Concorso Italiano. This spectacular event takes place during the Monterey Pebble Beach Car Week in California. You can learn more about this event at www.concorso.com. On the path of your life, never raise dust. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, all the way from Italy, Renzo Porro. Renzo, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right. Great to have you here. Renzo Porro lives in Italy, and he's a mechanical engineer whose 38-year career at Fiat includes testing, design, research, and sales. He was involved in many of their successful models, including the Fiat 128, the X19, the 124, the Uno, Ducato, Lancia, Delta, and Thema, and the Alfa Romeo 156. His last post at Fiat was as their Deputy Vice President of Engineering and After Sales Service. Upon retiring, he's worked as a consultant for Sumitomo Electronics of Japan and TRW here in the United States. And Renzo also founded three engineering companies that design automobile parts. One of his passions is sailing, and he wrote a book on sailing techniques that's considered a must-read for those who love to be out on the water. And as a little side note, Renzo's son, Raffaello Porro, has also been a guest here on Cars Yeah, so it's great to have the patriarch on board. So Renzo, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles. Well, as you said, I spent my complete life of work in Fiat, in Fiat Auto, and I started in testing department, and I finished my career in Fiat Auto as Deputy Vice President of Engineering and Vice President of Doctor Sales Services. Mm. After retiring, I became a consultant, as you said, and uh, then I founded three different engineering companies one for boarding white, one for electronics, and one for the complete car. Altogether, these three companies have about 200 people working 
designing car parts and complete body white for the most important Italian car makers and tier one suppliers. And of two of them, I'm still the president of uh, Abacad and of Torino Vehicle Engineering. This activity of being still in work, well, as you, as you understand, since uh, 55 years of work, it means that uh, I am well over the 70s. <laughs> in these activities, I can maintain a good contact with young engineers with their enthusiasm and their will of experimenting new solutions. And to them, I can give my experience and knowledge of the automotive technology and world. And this is something that I think is very useful for me, let's say, to try to remain as long as possible, at least mentally young. And of course, I think it's a good thing also for this young engineering. Well, I have been a, a car guy since the first day after my grad graduation at university. And I think that I will explain this later on. Yes. Wow. Well, listeners, think about this for a minute. Here's a gentleman who spent 38 plus years working in his profession. He retired and started three companies. And now well over his 70, he's still involved in his passion. So it just tells us something that stay involved, stay active, keep yourself mentally fit. And if you love what you do, you never really retire from it. As we continue on your journey, I like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life, Renzo, and your success. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Renzo, take the wheel. Or I should say, prendi il volante. Yeah. Well, I can say very, very briefly, look at the things with your own eyes. If you want to solve a technical problem, you need to have good guys with you. But in my experience, you must be the one who can find or help find the right solutions. Think of a sergeant. Would you like to be operated by the chief sergeant or by the best one? I think there is no doubt, by the best one. Then it means that if you really want to solve the problem, you must be one of the best one. You cannot solve let's say, specific problems being only a manager. You need to be a technical competent in that special thing that you are doing. Well, you must understand because you must understand the problems and you must show the way. Then you need to very well in the right situation. You need to know very well the right situation and to reach the target, nothing better than getting yourself the piece of information you need not screened by personal interest as can exist, especially in big and complex organizations. I have an example to give to that, but I think it could go on as answer to another question of yours, if you think and then uh, if, you, if you are okay with that. Absolutely, and very well said. Some great wisdom and great advice from a gentleman who's been there and done that. So very nicely said. I like that. Let's go back in time. You talked about being a car guy since, oh gosh, you graduated from college. But is there a story you can share with us that instigated your passion for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? Yes, okay. 
I have to say very frankly that uh, your questions, uh, let's say, not compelled, but uh, invited me to try to remember my life, especially when I was young. And then I will follow with you the, my life when I was young, of course, uh, in short time, in, brief, in few, few minutes. Yes. Let's say it is 1946, some months after the end of the Second World War, and I was 10. Then now you know how much I am over 70. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> My father carried me to Turin to pick up a brand new truck from the Fiat plant, which should have helped him in improving his business. I understood that in that plant, other persons were designing and producing automobiles and trucks, and I thought that I would have liked very much to be with them. Some years later, I saw many times my father and my uncle servicing the engine or their three trucks by working hard on the valves, on the pipes, the brakes, and so on. And I thought that something should have been done to avoid losing so much time in servicing. Mm. I thought I would have been one of those guys to do the job. Then, when I was 20, and I was a student at the second year of engineering in Genoa University. I made a journey with my father in his Alfa Romeo Giulietta Sprint, designed by Nuccio Bertone, and I told him that I had in front of me two possible ways for my life, to become an architectural engineer in order to help him and his very small building company or to become a mechanical engineer and design cars. We have to think that at that time, Alexis Sigonis in England with his car, the Mini, and Dante Giacosa in Italy with his car, Cinquecento, were two myths of the automotive industry, and that architects like Luigi Nervi in Italy, Le Corbusier worldwide, and Khan in the United States, kindred the imagination of many young students, and then also my imagination. Then I was, let's say, in doubt whether of the two directions to follow. My father appreciated my question and asked me to choose what I thought could be the best for my future. The choice was done. I would have become an automatic guy, as I did. <laughs> what a wonderful, wonderful story. Thank you for for sharing that. Fantastic. So, Renzo, what I would like to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and ask you to share a huge challenge or even perhaps a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. We all face these things, but we work hard to get over them. And I would love for you to share how you overcame that situation that you were involved in. And more importantly, what did it teach you? Yes. Well, I think that we should go back to 1985. Well, at that time, I had already 20 years of career in Fiat engineering and design, and I was director of after-sales service, and uh, I had a complete knowledge, or fast complete knowledge, of auto engineering and of the warranty claims. Fiat Auto wanted at that time to start a total quality program and I was chosen as the right guide and super partners, let me say, without no special interest for myself, this means super partners, to do it starting with two important cash models in production at that time. 
as you surely know, quality and reliability problems arise all along the development process, from the part design to their manufacturing, assembly and servicing. In an example, you can have, how can you be sure that an assembly operation can be easily and successfully done if you have not tried it before to the start of production? Or how can the tooling apps and the equipment for the assembly operation be sure and do not damage the parts they should carry and protect? Or how the rain drops will not be carried by the apparent wind to an issue and damage it? Well, maybe you, you understand that uh, I am a sailor because apparent wind is something coming from sailing, well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, there are many, many things that you cannot uh, really test if you don't have the car, at least as it was 30 years ago. Nowadays, with computer-aided engineers and many software, you have a lot of help in doing virtual simulation on the drawings without waiting to carry tests on prototypes. But 30 years ago, this was not the case. Hmm. That's why at that time I decided to look at every important claim with my own eyes because I realized that any construction defect or design fault tried to hide itself when they failed to wash it. Ah. Yes, I understand. I have given a certain human behavior and intelligent to mechanical or electrical faults, but I found it helped me a lot in putting more and more efforts in trying to eliminate them. Well then, to follow this inspiration of mine, I spent much time going along the manufacturing line of important components or assemblies by tier one supplier and along the final assembly line in Fiat plants, and I spoke with any operator involved, and not only with their foreman, in order to be sure to have the right information on the most important claims. It was a delicate work also from a diplomatic point of view because I came to know, by doing that job, the weak points of many manufacturing organizations both of external suppliers and of fiat plants. By knowing the weak points of tier one suppliers, the purchasing office could be shown in a bad light. The same could happen with our fiat plants and fiat design departments. And this was even more delicate since I reported directly to the CEO with no limits on the budget of the operation and with complete freedom of decision then it was really, I'll say, for me, a very good job which teached a lot to me because I learned to respect everybody from the simplest worker to the most important director. I learned to be humble and firm and to never give up whatsoever the situation. Just to say the end of the story, in this my job, the beginning with the total quality system in Fiat, everything went well. And this was for me less really a very interesting and a, a passionate job. 
Wow. Very interesting story because the complexities involved in manufacturing automobiles are so deep and so wide and so broad. And I love the fact that you were involved in talking with everybody along the way. And from there, you gathered all this information to improve things that were happening at Fiat. So very, very cool story. Thank you for sharing that. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's a time when uh, you decide to take a change in course or you had a new idea to go down a new road, a new journey. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Yes, let's say that I have, there were some uh, moments in which I, I could have made a different decision, a different choice and so on. I will tell you uh, one of these moments now and later on by talking in different moment in a di- for a different answer, uh, question, I will tell you another one. Great. It was 1975. I was, near, I was nearly 40. And the member on behalf of Fiat of the working group on external noise emitted by cars within the Common Market Car Makers Association. The pilot of the group was fired because of the poor results obtaining the finding a new testing procedure for the new car approval. Procedure that could be accepted either by makers or power of powerful cars, mostly German ones, and those small ones, Italian and French especially. They understand very well that there was, let's say, a, a political question because a procedure could be a good one for very powerful cars and bad one for small cars or vice versa. Well, Fiat, as pilot, as new pilot, wanted to appoint a Fiat executive with international experience because a big problem in defining this new procedure was to mitigate the interests of any of the European car makers which wanted a procedure in favor of their cars, of course. Engine power, car weight, gearbox ratios, exhaust system, tire characteristics are the important components affecting the final results. And this car maker had and has his own engineering philosophy. I simply told to Fiat CTO that I did not see any reason not to appoint me to the job, which I could have finished in time given my experience. I got the job, and the new testing procedure was ready in time. By the way, I tried also to have a common procedure between European and US approval working groups. And we make several tests, several pass-by-noise tests, so they are called pass-by-noise tests, in the Tucson airport in Arizona with European and US cars. But at that time, the commercial obstacles were too high to allow a positive end of the work. Mm. With my decision not to accept a fear decision based only on groundless assumption and fear, fear came to know me better and trust me. After a while, I was appointed as a director of lunch experimental departments and my career took a different pace. Well, then this is, let's say, an important point, a turnaround point in my career in Fiat. 
Yes, absolutely. Another uh, very, very interesting internal journey there with that car maker and uh, how it affected your career and your move. So very cool. Now, I would assume you've had many proud moments in your career, but is there one that stands out for you? Yes, I wish I did for you. I think it's a really a very, a very nice, at least for me, it was a very, very nice moment. It was 1985. It was August. And uh, I was where I am now and enjoying life at the sea and swimming. I was called by Enzo Ferrari. You surely know these names. Yes, Enzo. I do know that name. All of our listeners know that name. <laughs> yeah, sure. That uh, who offered me the possibility to become CEO of Ferrari Automobiles. Oh my gosh. But unfortunately for me, the Ferrari company at the time was already controlled by Fiat. Mm. And Fiat CEO did not allow me, did not allow my departure by saying that I was more useful in Fiat Auto. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a, a very, a very big pity, but you know, you can do, um, sometimes you can do what you want. Wow. Uh, there, are, there are bigger forces than can deviate your, your way. I cannot really forget the meeting I had, I had with, at the time, Commendatore Enzo Ferrari. It was August 5 in his office at Fiorano Proving Ground, where he told me that even meets like Ferrari cars needed to have a better technical content at 30 years ago, not today, wow. in order to face the competition, and that he was sure that he could have done that. Well, unfortunately, the special moment was lost for me, but it was really good assist for my career because at that time, also the CEO, who was, I don't know whether this name uh, tells you something, was Vittorio Ghidella. Anyhow, really a very, very important, at least in Italy, uh, guy, uh, car guy. The guy who, who uh, wanted to make a company between Ford of US, US and Italy. Mm. And they uh, did not get to the, they did not have success because there was not, let's say, the, uh, they did not decide who was, who had to be the chief of this, of this, of this, uh, of this merging between Ford of US and Fiat of Italy. Well, you have to see that Fiat at that time was a powerful firm, was a powerful company, was not as Fiat of today. Even if uh, today is not no longer Fiat, but it's Fiat Chrysler. At that time, Fiat had more than 15 percent of the Euro of the European market. Today is 7.4. Then it was uh, really a, a different a different time for Fiat at that time. Yes. Well, this was, let's say, which was my proudest business moment because to be called by Enzo Ferrari and to hear from him, well. I would like to have you with me in order to be the CEO of Ferrari cars, not of the gestionist, but not of formal one, not that. Yeah. Of the, let's say, the cars to be sold, well, it was really for me a very, very important, very important. Unfortunately, it, it did not go on due to the fact that uh, my boss, Vittorio Guidera, said no, 
for you have to stay here because you are more useful in Fiat Auto than in Ferrari. Wow, what a story. Oh my gosh, how incredible, how amazing that situation must have been for you. Congratulations. I'm sorry that it didn't happen for you, but my goodness, that is an incredible story. Wow, very, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. Could you take us back in time? You've taken us back to many different points in time, but to when you had your first really special car. Well, uh, if you don't mind, I would not spe speak of car, but of a bike, because this for me is, is something very special. Yes. Well, uh, I was 10, and I live with my family in a very small village. The Second World War was barely over, and only the necessary goods were available to us, then just in order to put you in the right frame where we lived, no? Mm-hmm. Maybe it is not so easy to understand the meaning of this sentence if you have not experienced the life of hardships we had in Europe, especially during the last part of the war and soon after. Yes. Before yeah. what was called the Piano Marshal took place in Italy, bringing to us plenty of necessary goods from food to clothing. Mm -hmm. I came to know later then my mother had told my father that I should have had a bike. In the afternoon, a normal day, my father brought me on his bike. Then we went on the same bike, my father and I, to the railway station, where we had been waiting for the next train coming from a small city not far away. The train carried a bike for me, smaller than a normal bike, but not really a kid bike, let me say. A bike for a small man. It was a second-hand bike. Black. But to me, it appeared a shining black. A real dream. This was really my first, let's say, special human-powered car. Okay? Oh, what a wonderful story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Uh, that. That is awesome. And you're right, I think, for many of us to understand the situation in Europe after the war, yeah. is impossible to really understand. So a very heartwarming story there. Thank you for that. Now, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle, a bike, or a car that you've had in your life that you sold that you really wish you had back in your garage? Yes, I think that I have to uh, give you a frame in which uh, I live, let's say, my experiencing, uh, my working experience. As Fiat employee, during the first years, I was allowed to buy one or two Fiat cars at a time to keep them for nine months and sell them by making a small personal business when it was possible. When I became an executive, I was allowed to, to use two, car, two Fiat cars without buying them and to change them every year. Due to this opportunity, my relationship with cars was a special one because I was used to have always the newest models, and this did not help me in creating my mentality and a pleasure of enjoying old cars. Anyway, in my second year in Fiat, I made my first car presentation to car journalists, and the car presented were the Fiat 800 Coupe and Spider, two small and nice sport cars. Due to the sentimental liaison I had with them, I borrowed from Fiat immediately 850 coupé and I kept it longer than usual. Well, this is the car that I put back in my garage. 
of course, as buyer and not as a Fiat employee, I would have bought a Jaguar e Spider, a dream during the 60s, thanks to its style and the flavor of Dolce Vita and money associated with it. But I had to stop to 850 coupé. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's talk about today. I would love for you to share what has you excited and fired up today. What are you working on right now? Well, uh, well now, as you, as you remember, I told you that I'm still pressing on two small engineering companies, 200 people altogether. And uh, one of these companies, and especially Abacad, is trying to work with the newest styling company of Mr. Gior- Giorgetto Giugiaro. Ah, you yes. know very well. Yes. The stylist of the century, is it called? His creativity, his expertise, and his personality are a strong invitation to do one's best in order to work with him. The competition to work with him among Abacad and other small companies as my one is very strong. But uh, I have firm hope to win. Surely I won't, ga- I w- I won't give up easily. Then this is, let's say, what a project that excites me today to be able to work with Giorgetto Giugiaro for engineering. He will do the styling. He has renowned all over the world, the design of the sensory. And I will be very, very small help for him for engineering. Ah. Look. I have another very important project. My son, Raffaello, that you have met and you have interviewed, has a small daughter, Elettra. She is three years old. Well, what I would be is to be a very, very good grandfather for my granddaughter, Elettra. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Well... Gisario is going to be a future guest here on Cars, yeah, and I'm so excited to interview him. He designed my first brand new car, the first series Volkswagen Scirocco. Oh, yeah. And, of course, your son, who I've I not only interviewed, but I met him during Car Week at Pebble yeah. Beach. Wonderful guy. We've stayed in touch. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm so happy now that I know the rest of the family, if you will. So, yeah. yes, very fortunate to to be a grandfather as well. Now, here, here's a very introspective question. If Lorenzo was a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Yeah, yeah of course. It's a difficult question, but anyhow, I will try to give an answer. Yes. I think that there are, well, it's, let's say, a normal, normal way of saying many interesting and beautiful cars. Each of them reflects ideas, and creativity of his father and the wishes of those who who buy them. I would not like to be a very sporty and fast car as a Lamborghini, nor a trendy car as a Smart, or a world car as a Fiat Doblo, nor a very simple one as a Dacia. But I would like to be a car which should have some of my characteristics. The brand new compact car of Alfa Romeo, which is called Giulia, could represent me in many aspects. It is a comfortable sedan which, with top technical solutions, probably not at the top of J.D. Powell ranking, even if it does not exist 
this car in the JD Powell ranking because it is on sale since few months. Yeah. This car is not sure the best in class for fuel economy or comfort, but it is a very emotional car. It has a very good ending and road holding ability. And I hope that it is still reliable. In a nutshell, a car which is good for many customers want to have emotions and good value for money. This is what I think that could be, let's say, a car with the characteristic that maybe some of them can be finding me. I like that. Very well thought through. And uh, I think that car fits your personality absolutely fantastico, as you would say in Italy. Very, very nice. So Renzo up next is what I call the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Carja is a proud sponsor of Concorso Italiano, taking place this Saturday, August 20th, at Black Horse Golf Course in Monterey Bay, California. Concorso Italiano will once again be a key part of the traditional Monterey Automobile Week, with 800 to 1,000 vehicles, Italian cars galore, fashion shows, great food, great people. You don't want to miss it. This will be my 27th year attending the event. Go to ConcorsoItaliano.com for tickets and more information. Okay, Renzo, we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick, short blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I was a young man, and I tried to drive a car for the first time, having my uncle as a passenger teacher. And he told me, Renzo, be careful. When changing gears, you must be as gentle with the mechanical gearbox as you would be with a, with a sweet girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Wonderful. That's the best answer I've heard to that question. <laughs> will, you, <laughs> will you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Well, I think that showing respect for everybody and, be, and behave with any person in the same way, independently by her on this social status. Ah. Very nice. I love that. Now, how about a resource? I know there are lots of resources these days, especially with the Internet, but is there one in particular you would like to share with our listeners? Well, I think that I would recommend, uh, let's say, uh, Italy, which is written E-A-T-A-L-Y, 
that is, is Italy from the verb to eat, mangiare. <laughs> this is, <laughs> these are Italian foods for every mood in New York. Ah. Yes, 205th Avenue. Okay, very nice. Very unique resource. Thank you for sharing that. I've, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that uh, if you have the opportunity and the will when you are in New York to visit Italy, then you will be happy for doing that. I think so, yes. I've had some absolutely spectacular meals on my trips to uh, Italy and, of course, to New York. So I will definitely look for that and uh, supply a link on your show notes page for our listeners. Now, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read recently that you would like to share with the Cars yeah listeners? Yes, first of all, I have to, let's say, uh, tell you why, uh, so, uh, to tell you what I'm looking from books. Yes. Well, usually I read books that I have, that have uh, consolidated their fame over the years. Because I don't like, let's say, maybe it's not correct by me, but anyhow, it, I, am done, I am mad as I am mad, because I don't like to, to lose time. Then I have, let's say, I would like to, to share with you and your listener, let's say, one small, one short book with a great story. Uh, the book is Le Petit Prince, The Little Prince, written in 1943 in the United States by the French Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Mm. And this can be read in one hour but give you the possibility of thinking many, many hours. And if you have not, if you have already read this book, I can give another, let's say, suggestion. Yes. To read the book Benito Cereno of Herman Melville, which is under six years old. It's a short story, but it looks as to be written yesterday because it gives voices to the bias and the doubts of Western countries versus the uprising of what is different. And I think that uh, what with what happens, let's say, in European cities with the firing and so on, it's really very up to date. You know, the Western countries where that are faced with uh, the uprising of what is different. People coming to Europe, poor people, unfortunate people coming to Europe and with uh, very, very difficulties, then this is uh, something that could help in understanding, in understanding better our times. Ah, very nice. Thank you for both those recommendations. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Enzo has been so kind to share on his show notes page at carsya.com slash Renzo. Poro, and Renzo's name is spelled R-E-N-Z-O, his last name P-O-R-R-O. All right, Renzo, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, I'll buy you any car in the world you would like. Money is no object, so don't worry about that. What would that vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Lancia Aurelia Spider B24. <laughs> it's okay, you know it, which was used in the Italian film Il Sorpasso, The Overtaking. 
this car was sold uh, between the years 1955 and, and 1958 in three different versions, less than 800 pieces. It was a very nice spider. And the second version of it was called America. The car is one of the means which allows a strong criticism of the habits of Italian society in the 50s, a criticism that was in this film in Sorpasso. Well, at that time, as usual, there, there was a, lo a lower middle class which had many, many virtues. An upper class, especially in Rome, which only was high-flying. And an urban underclass not yet integrated in the economic process. Then this car and the story around the car and the, and around the say the owner of the car was let's say all uh, centered to understand and to let people understand the difference between the different level of classes in Italy. At the time it was difficult for me and I was 20, not imagine myself driving that car on the Italian roads and being one of the main characters of the film. That's why this is the car that I would like to have in my, in my garage. Wow. Well, very thoughtful answer to that question. And the Lancio Aurelia Spider, what a beautiful, beautiful car. To me, being an American looking at Italy and the beauty of the Italian design from the 50s. That car is just so beautiful with the wraparound windshield, as I kind of remember the way it came around. Yeah, almost like the, uh, like the Corvettes, Corvettes of the time where the windshield kind of wrapped around. Yeah. And the beautiful front grille. Ah, oh, uh, you have chosen a wonderful car, my friend. What color would you select for that car? I would select, uh, El Blue. Blue. Ah. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Renzo, you have taken me on a wonderful ride today. I, I have enjoyed this conversation so much, and I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey in the automobile industry and your life with the Cars Out listeners. Would you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Lancia Aurelia Spider B24? Usually I try to understand and learn as much as possible from people with which I come in contact. And when I was in the Air Force Academy, one of our teachers told us, on the path of your life, never raise dust. Well, this is a sentence which is very important, but is, uh, it has, let's say, a negative concept. I would like, let's say, to get only the concept and to put it in a positive way and say, even if the life of anybody of us is a narrow path and not an airport strip, you can always do something that will last, at least for somebody. Yes. This is my parting thought. And I hope that somebody agrees with me. <laughs> Very nice. I love that one as well. You've been a wealth of joy today. And what is the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? Yes, of course. I have a website which is morely, let's say, related to my to my sailing uh, to my sailing uh, activity. Yes, and it is uh, altavista.org. And support, of course, I want, if you want, I can spell it. Yes, please do. 
A L T A V I S T A dot org O R G Renzo Poro. Wonderful. And, and about my business is Abacad A B A C A D Abacad Engineering Stroke Torino Italy. Wonderful. Yeah, you can hear, you can hear the say uh, the different part the, the part the the part of my say which is sailing on Alta Vista and uh, what I do in my business and uh, what we do in Abacad. Wonderful. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Renzo's been so kind to share today on his very own show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Renzo Poro. Just type Renzo in the search bar and that page will pop right up. And also be sure to check out the upcoming Concorso Italiano to learn more about this fantastic event during Car Week in Pebble Beach. Renzo, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your incredible experiences in your life with the listeners and with myself. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. But I think that uh, I have to thank you very much, Mark, because this interview has, uh, let's say, let, let me to go on my way, through my way in uh, my in my career in automobile business, uh, uh, something which I, I had not did before, but this was really a very good opportunity to remember for me, to remember some, to, sorry, to remind uh, some parts, some activities, some facts that uh, since many times, in much time, I had not, uh, I had not uh, reminded so well. Then <laughs> it was a good opportunity. I thank you very much for that. And uh, I will be in Pebble Beach for in Concorso Italiano, and uh, I hope to see you there. Absolutely. Yes, we will meet there for sure. I will uh, be very honored to come up and shake your hand. And again, uh, thank you. Fantastico. Grazie. Prego. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Also to you. And grazie. Molte grazie. Molte grazie. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!